and and because you have to be in people's faces every day i know i get like you were talking about influencers who are giving your advice right yeah. they like 25 year olds who are like telling 60 year olds how to save for retirement yeah but because you have to post every day you have to just, then you're like milking the bottom of the barrel right it doesn't even have any nipples you're just like okay fuck it what can i pull out of this you know this empty sack of mine that and so you end up becoming more and more a sort of uh what is the word a, a sort of parody of yourself uh, yeah. by, by the end of your career and and that i hear right that is not very authentic Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I hope you're well on this day whenever you're listening and wherever you're listening and of course if you are listening um to this in India we are in the week before the festival of lights festival of noise in some ways I think um as I'm getting older I'm getting more sensitive and I've been sensitive to sound not sensitive in other aspects of my life but yes we're in for a lot of noise unfortunately in the rest of the world there is real bombs there are real deaths there are real um people suffering for the mistakes of a few for the ego of a few so my heart goes out to them the families and the children and it's terribly sad and i don't know what um we can get out of looking at a festival like this because it's the festival of good over evil the the the, the and i think this is something which is so fascinating right when you forget about the idea or about the 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 thing that you can learn from a festival or a ritual um and you take just the act of it like i was talking to some a friend about this uh, this friend keeps reappearing in different episodes he's a real person it is multiple people she's multiple people but they have uh condensed themselves into this one person i keep meeting and having these thoughts and discussions with anyway we talk we were talking about this idea of people um doing shitty things right and i think uh by shitty i'm not judging them because i think greed is a part of society i mean how much ever you want uh to be um better than someone or you want to be a better version of yourself you're still sucked into it because let's just accept it that's the nature of the beast that's where we live unless of course you're isolated in your farm and you're a survivalist who's got everything taken care of and you just want to be one with yourself in the universe and nature but let's be real many of us don't have the luxury of that many of us don't have the survival skills for that many of us don't have the the ability to escape society it's a trap it's a social trap that we are bought into we're sold into and it's a story that we are living but we can still do something for ourselves within that construct now there are these people including myself who do shitty things now the shitty things can go from killing someone for property to doing something silly like lying to your partner right now the range is vast the the, the thing the extremes are crazy now of course we have wars going on right now in Palestine in the Gaza strip we have wars going on in Ukraine that's another extreme of humanity we have people harming animals that's another extreme of humanity which I've spoken about in other episodes and then of course you have the things which you just do to get by to survive right the simple things maybe to protect your family to do things to get up ahead in work i mean we all got to survive right at the end of the day but what i'm trying to suggest is this idea of people making these ritualistic offerings religiously having these pujas or because they've done something wrong or they want something good to happen to them or going to the temple because they feel that by doing so they can atone for their sins or in certain religions confessing now nothing wrong with it to each his own but if you look beyond it like if you look at texts or you look at uh religious texts or you look at scripture or you look at things that we can 
we can take from, from the past and learn and actually knowledge converting to wisdom. You, when you look at a festival of good over evil and not just look at the fireworks and cards and the social aspect of community or celebration, but if you actually look at it uh, for a deeper understanding of humanity and not just look at Rama going to Lanka and rescuing Sita from Ravana, um, but if you look at the, the themes that are deeper of what led society to go down that path to create a king like Ravana, who was fighting back a certain a system or fighting for a certain principle or ideology or a way of life. And then you look at what the person and also the story of someone like Sita represents in uh, her time. Or if you look at Rama and what that story represents of power and, and duty and not just these superficial ideas of good, good and evil and light and dark. I think that's somewhere we can really learn from as not just Indians, but as people, because every um, book, uh, some are more literal, some are more closely interpreted, some don't allow much for interpretation. And something like I, like when I spoke to Ananila Kantan, he told you about the, uh, the, 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 the wisdom of these books and how it's open to multiple thousands of interpretation of interpretations of that day. I, I think that's fascinating, right? And, and this, this is something I've been thinking about, like language as well is, is, is so closely monitored and it's, at the same time, one of the most amazing tools that human beings have developed over thousands of years, yet we use that in a negative way. Either it's the cancellation of speech or freedom of speech or restriction of freedom of speech, but even the more finer points of language. When someone hears someone speak in Hindi, they get upset. They're like, we don't, it's not a language or someone in Hindi, listen to someone in Canada speaking or someone speaking in English. I think we are becoming more petty and becoming more narrow-minded to what we identify as ours, right? Like my culture, my language, my food, my friend. And that's only going to stifle growth. That's only going to stifle the way we go forward. And um, as a species, we are limiting ourselves because we're taking more stricter, more narrow-minded interpretations of books, which are supposed to be timeless, of texts that are supposed to be vastly more, infinitely more wise than what we are. And infinitely offering so much more to our interpretation for a better way of life. Instead of that, we're restricting it to, oh, this is what my past did for me. And this is what my past taught me. I'm going to be proud of it. And I'm going to take that interpretation. And I'm going to gloat over someone who doesn't have it. Or I'm going to use it to suppress someone else. Because I think my way of life, my way of living, my ideology, my principles are better. And they're more right than someone else's. And I think that is so shitty. And that's led to these kind of people who are leading countries like this into horrible suffering because they have certain principles that they think should be enforced and should be used uh, to control a group of other people. And this could be any war conflict that you're seeing has happened, is happening and will happen. And I'm, you know, I'm not here to change the world and I can't, and I don't know if you can change the world. And many of us, because of information and access to it, we are just using it to, you know, talk about it. And we're kind of just getting into arguments and debates and getting into like the horrible um, thing that the cycle repeats itself into. And yet, um, what can we do with the tools that we have of mass communication and instantly spread information? Yet, if we can take a combination of the wisdom, the openness of interpretation of many of these old ancient texts, along with this form of dissemination of information, can we create an unlimited language, unlimited speech, unrestricted speech, can we create a better model of life for the next generation, which isn't 
egocentric, which isn't inhibiting and which isn't used to suppress or target people who you think should be, uh, should fall into line into your way of thinking. I don't know. Can we do that? I hope so, because this way is looking pretty, pretty dismal. It's looking pretty bleak and it's pretty shitty. And yeah, again, my prayers, my heart goes out to all those people suffering, the families, the mothers, the children, the husbands, the fathers, the brothers, the, the mothers, the sisters. And it's just, we forget that they're individuals. They have names, they have a story, they have a life. They've done things wrong. They've done things right. They've done things to care for others. They've done things to sacrifice for others. They've done the, the things in hope for a better life for themselves. They've inspired, they've aspired, yet we give them a label and it's so easy to hate a label. It's so easy to fight a label. It's so easy to dehumanize a label. Um, but if we can think of them as those thousands, hundreds of thousands of individuals with a story, I think it just tears your heart apart. And it's really, really sad what's going on Every, everywhere. This is whether it's the the refugee camps which are being assaulted, whether it's the, the military governments that are... Uh, dominating and suppressing their population in Burma. It could be in China. Certain things are happening. Um, Africa, it's happening. It's happening every fucking where in the world. And we're just making more noise. I don't know what to do. Anyhow, huh, let me introduce today's guest because I've got a friend from many years who's joining me on the episode for the first time on this podcast. I've got Aditi Mittal. She's a comedian. She's a writer. She's an actor. She's also an advocate for a lot of good causes. Uh, she's joining me today to talk about her story, talk about her journey in stand-up as one of the early comedians, early women in comedy and how that um, route and that path was for her in the early 2010s. And navigating it, kind of fending for herself, trying to establish herself as a comedian and what it was like being one of the early women doing comedy in the space and where she is today, what her, she's done for herself, what she's chosen to drop along the way, what she's chosen to pick up along the way, the people she associates with, the work she does, the things she collaborates on and the projects she's currently um putting out and the show she's going to be doing. She talks about the, the tour she has planned. And of course, the link to those tickets will be in the description. Um, I'm sure you'll enjoy this conversation. Uh, I enjoyed catching up with Aditi after a long time. And it's a fun conversation. And as always, I really appreciate you tuning in every week listening to this podcast. So you're in store for a fun, fun conversation. Thank you so much. As always, without further ado, here's my conversation with the one and only Aditi Mittal. Aditi, thank you so much for joining me. It's a pleasure having you after many years talking to you, but also having you on the podcast for the first time. Oh my God, Sandeep, I am so excited. I am so excited because, uh, I mean, uh, the podcast is a medium uh, mm. for people who have faces like ours. <laughs> hey, speak for yourself. I don't know what I look like, but apparently it's awesome. Oh, <laughs> I don't keep, there's a reason I keep my, my resolution down to 720p and my camera isn't that good. Someone's like, you should buy a Canon 5D. I'm like, for what? <laughs> to make my face more blurred, like for myself. <laughs> what are they going to see that they're not seeing in this resolution already? Exactly. Right. And the and next thing it's like, oh, you know, and, and that's the, I, I get, right. Because, um, I don't get rather like, you know, we've been, we've known each other. We've done shows with each other since I think 2011. And, um, you know, I think then uh, it was mainly get recognized and get your sort of get passed to a certain 
level of performance at these clubs which were established like the comedy store and laugh factory etc um but then it obviously you were there um you know i was there and this kind of group of comedians were there when aib was born or the 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 various groups took shape and i think for the for the most part uh, like me you were a solo act right you didn't really align yourself with any group uh, but then yeah. of course you've done your own thing with the internet and all, with all these kind of various routes that comedians took uh, so it's interesting to talk to someone 13 years later to see how that journey panned out yeah i'm also curious because i don't know what's going to come out of my mouth i'm yeah like you you you're going to be my report card sandeep i'm either going to go into deep depression after this or like come out thinking you know i'm okay so this depends on your questions now my mental health is in your hands I think a deep depression is a good uh thing if you can get out of it it's just as long as it's not a prolonged sustained um you know thing that kind of you're not able to escape because I think I wouldn't say depression because of course clinically it's a big it's a big issue yeah. but I think you know things like anxiety I think are really good um you know what what's the word I'm looking for like you know goalposts or a benchmark to see where you are because sometimes it's just like a wake up call thing you know maybe this is not yeah. what you want to be doing but um I think for the longest time for the longest time you've um you know at least initially I think before Neeti came in and I think there were a few ladies doing stand up I think you were you were in the big lineups with uh, mainly guys like whether it was the british comedians I think a few of them like Mandy Knight visited how has it been for you because I I I have you had this struggle of saying I just want to be fucking funny or do you have this thing of saying I want to be a woman who's fucking funny because they too um different approaches you know so i've been convinced of the fact that i am the bomb whether it's funny uh you know talented good looking i have an overbloated sense of self like no other and i'm finally like accepting it right mm-hmm. um i think like from the start i i i, I remember being I, i remember feeling very lonely i remember mm-hmm. feeling lonely a lot i remember being very scared a lot in yeah. fact i i look back at you know a lot of things and i realized that 80% of my reactions came out of fear mm-hmm. came out of like a sense of you know a sense of isolation and a sense of fear mm. and i don't know maybe i maybe i've not let go of that fear even now maybe i've learned to face that fear better of just um of being able to even put my point of view out there you yeah. know so i used to be very very fearful of how audiences would react sometimes like you know why when i'm off stage i'm like oh my god this is going to like be amazing to be hilarious and then as soon as i get up there and if there's just one single like i'm like oh no this is horrible i should kill myself right. um, so i had to do the you know that sorry i mean trigger warning i i shouldn't have said that i mean i should keyword myself but no, uh, i think the, it's fine i don't i don't think people i, I think it's I, yeah i think people need to just chill i i think you don't have to apologize for that okay okay <laughs> um but i think you know i i sort of i i realized i had the worst of both worlds or the best of both worlds depending on how you look at it is where i had that like sense of uh fluctuating se- sense of self worth whether it's like when a show goes really well you're like yeah i got this mm-hmm. and then when it goes really badly you're like this you know i should end i should stop doing this and like get married and have children and that would be the only you know useful way that i can spend my life um mm-hmm. I I th- I think I went through a lot it was very up and down for me. I and I did not I'll be honest I did not enjoy 
the scrutiny. I think I did not enjoy the excessive scrutiny, uh, which I know like a lot of people told me that it came across that I was really enjoying the scrutiny, and I did not. I did not really like constantly being um, sort of like pinpointed. Uh, though I am, as an upper caste, upper class woman, aware that. I was getting a lot of opportunities uh, because of the fact that they were like, "Arey, you know, it's all men. Arey, we need one woman. Torey, woman ko phone kar." And you know, I would get like added to lineup. So I understand, and I did get the advantage of my position. But I feel like mentally it wasn't. And again, in retrospect, because retrospect is you know king, uh, is I felt like it. It took a it took a big toll on me uh, to sort of be the only person in those rooms. Uh, to feel like my voice didn't matter, to be like to talk and then have someone else talk over you, or to say something be unheard and then somebody else is saying the exact same thing and they getting heard more than me, um, you know, it, it used to bother me a lot. It used to bother yeah. me a lot. No, there's there's some sense, right, because of um, the situation, the time, the expectations from uh, women at that point, or there were so many firsts, right, because it was, yeah. um, firstly, an international. Um, I wouldn't say an art form, which is international. It was it was there in India in different ways. Spoken words been there, but the way it became very metropolitan, right? It came to these big yeah. malls. It was English as a medium. You had to be seen in a certain way, and I think there was a certain attachment of elitism to the stand-up scene yeah. when we started out. You have to be look. Uh, you have to look a certain way. You have to dress a certain way. You have to speak a certain way. Um, and I think I, I remember I was told not to wear a salwar kameez. Uh, yeah. At- a certain venue in uh, in uh, Bombay. I used yeah. to go. I used to go do my open spots, and I remember. Uh, and I was still in the open spots stage, and I was told at that point in time, please don't wear a salwar kameez and come. And I was like, and similarly, Praveen, a friend of ours uh, from Bangalore, he was told by one of the promoters of the club, saying your accent's too thick. You either change it, or people are not going to get you. And now he's doing Tamil stand up, and he's been in it for years. So it clearly goes to show. I think just to sort of put these two in contrast, right? From being one of the only um, women in the comedy scene back in 2010-11 to now we have many, many women um, trying their hand at stand-up who've in fact even become popular online with all these various shows. Do you feel the thing has changed? The 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 expectations from women, uh, women as performers, what's expected from them and also women as audience, what they expect from you? Or is there a certain flag that you have to wave, a certain thing that you have to be seen speaking about because otherwise it's misrepresenting, I hate this word in the, the way it's used, the, your community of sisters in that way, you know, because there's a lot of that, right? Our community of women, I think women are much broader and much more unique than just yeah. a bit of community. That's why I ask you that. You know, so I think actually there's been a complete 360 from, um, sorry, not 360 because then it means the same thing. 180. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's been a 180 from from the way that things were at that point in time. Like at that point in time, again, it was like Salwar, don't wear a Salwar, you know, um, don't speak in your thick Indian accent. Now it's the Hindi speaking and the Tamil speaking comics who yeah. have like solid, you know, audience bases and the rest of us have to go abroad to perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know the the I think the market has taken uh, this thing, and I think we also I think 2011 was when Geo, uh, you know, launched its cell phone and data service, yeah, and that sort of changed the landscape of the Indian internet. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so what I mean, it was it's and it's not only comedians, right? it's also influencers, and um, you know the the kind of stuff that was coming out and that is coming out is so varied and so diverse right it 
um, to a very large extent, I don't think, and I maybe maybe it's also a function of when I was in my twenties that I cared. I don't yeah. care any, anymore. Like, um, you know, the the whole like uh, you have to speak for your community. I am more wary. You know, when if if there's something about shitting on a woman, I would second guess myself a bit. You know, I would ask myself this question several times uh, to be like, oh, should I do this or not? But I also have been shat on quite a bit. <laughs> Um, and I, I feel like if others are not employing that meter or others are not employing that filter, doesn't mean I don't have to. Yeah. Uh, so it is an entirely personal choice whether, uh, you know, if I want to or not. Uh, I don't, uh, the larger community, you know, has to take care of itself. I, um, I, it's not my job. Uh, yeah. It's not my job to take care of uh, other people. And I feel like, that because also that comes back to bite you in the ass. That always comes yeah. back to bite you in the ass. Um, you know when you're when you think that you know you can that you that you should be or, or that you can actually not even should be that you can um, stand up for somebody uh, you know who is not your person. I mean that's again. I think it's a twenties to thirties thing. Where you're like now my circle is me. It's a dot. <laughs> I'm going to protect myself uh, because I know nobody's protecting me. <laughs> no, I think that's very important because there's a lot of this, you know, you have to take the stance, you have to wear this hat, you have to sort of have this brand image. Like, you know, in my case, a lot of people are like, be the blind comedian representing the blind, the disabled community. I'm like, do you know how vast and do you know how unique each individual within that community is? And maybe you can just say, okay, there are a million blind people, but that's one thing that connects us. There are so many differences within those uh, human beings that are different. You know, I might meet a blind person and not, not, not at all get along with him or her, but then I might meet someone who's completely yeah. sighted and have, have amazing conversations. So I think there's this problem of a few voices that get this attention as the uh, the voice for that community. And then that power kind yeah. of they either run with it or they do damage with it. And I think this is something which is very important that I've recognized as well in, in what I wanted to say as we were talking. I've about. done both, I think. Yeah, we've done both. both. I mean, I didn't. I've done with it. No, what I was saying is, I didn't. I didn't want that label of the blind comedian because, yeah, you know, it's it's not just the responsibility. It's kind of claustrophobic, right? You feel like you have to stick within this this fear of what you should be seen doing and not seen doing. No, pardon the pun, but at the same time, (laughs) sorry, I just got it. Yeah, no, but at the same time, I think you know, doesn't mean just because I can or you can, you just say the jokes or say insulting things because um, that's something you said before we started recording is you're you're a little bit more aware of what comes out of your mouth. Yes, of course, the primary focus being humor, making people laugh, but it also comes out with a little more um, thought to what you're saying as opposed to when, you know, in your early 20s when you're doing anything to get attention and a laugh, right? Yeah. You know, also, I think, I mean, we are also... We have to. I, I, one, the one thing that I think I can't stop thinking about is the the changing of the landscape itself in the past decade. You know, we sort of we were, we got onto the internet. There were people there. It was nice. Um, then in two thousand fourteen fifteen is when you know bec- being on the internet becomes a job suddenly, where it's not just you talking about the food that your dad served you that day for lunch. Uh, mm. Suddenly, it's you know brands are getting on that on the platform. And, you know, suddenly now your employers are looking at your tweets. And then suddenly now newspapers are like compiling tweets and 
you know suddenly your tweet has become a news article i genuinely was so taken aback by the the economy of the online space and how they dealt with uh people on social media or you know how because there would always be netizens say and then there would be like seven tweets or like twitter rt says and then there'd be like 12 tweets about what twitter rt and netizens are saying and the fact that you know so much of what we were doing at that point in time was just to us having fun was actually mined for commerce from so many of these websites it kind of blows my mind it kind of blows my mind and so now i know i think maybe now because i'm aware of that system i have pulled back because i'm like you know what i will not let my mindset or my life, personal life contribute to your economy even if it's like i i always it little bit scares me when i see influencers mind their personal life you know for content but i'm like dude you know just be careful of this please i beg you because yeah. you know this could turn around and and become a dangerous thing for you in some way none of that worked for me you know because i did try you know trying trying to beat beat to the first punch when it comes to a topic a trending topic whether it's this ban or that ban or this scam or that scam and i never was good at it you know because um, maybe in hindsight that worked out well because a lot of guys who did that were trying to do the first joke on a topic and go viral i have gotten to trouble because they have to go back and delete the tweet because someone's like oh this is in this context that's not working what they said those years those many years back but at the same time yeah i think you know it's interesting to talk to you a, a person who's kind of gone on a journey where you've changed you've you've taken different decisions which have led you down different paths at the same time you've got um you know you collaborate with certain people that worked out certain people that didn't worked out you uh, didn't work out you've also taken certain leads and initiatives to help people like i remember you being quite vocal to get women from different backgrounds on stage at one point uh but i think what what it is is that there's this sense that you are expected um to sound a certain way you're expected to play a certain role whether it's the the woman comedian who's shitting on men or the feminist who's just pissed off in life or the feminist who's a lesbian angry lesbian i mean i'm saying this is not just you this is even for say a guy from bangalore none or, of the three okay i love men yeah no, and that's what i'm saying that, that there's this thing that and 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 that's what i wanted to come to because it kind of coincides with that point you mentioned when you were fearful of the silence or the lack of laughter and and that kind of leads into this position where you didn't get one afforded the basic respect on that stage for whatever reason it may be did it make you more aggressive as a human being or at least a persona of being um people perceive you as more aggressive because you have to take the stance and you have to kind of fight for this respect yeah Oh yeah. Oh, you know, I think that it is a, it was a response to um just the the fear that I felt. Mm. Uh, it was a response to that. And then also uh the moment people started being like, "Oh, you are like this." I was like, "I'll show you how I am." Mm. If you think I'm like that, I I'll, I'll show you triple of that. And yeah. uh I think at some point I was just feeding into and I remember having this actually I remember having this epiphany about for you. No, it was like in 2017. um i that was my, that was the first year that i did edinburgh yeah and, uh, we were together I, there <laughs> right and, I, and that was the year that i sort of i was like you know at this point i have lost so much direction in what i'm doing uh cuz i am either catering to the people who want who who are like oh she usually says this and mm. that's why we like her uh or to the people who are like she usually says this and that's why we hate her and so yeah. i'm catering to 
the the haters and the lovers to equal extent um and i realized i don't know what i was talking about i, I like I, i you know this the last 3 4 years just in terms of writing have been uh, really eye opening uh, i've realized the confines of stand up comedy um you know as a craft uh, i and maybe maybe a, a large part of me thinks that it's not it's not the all confining craft that i thought it was i think that's what my it's realizing that stand up comedy is everything but it's also not everything uh, has been my realization in the yeah. past few years i think you know there's almost this liberation that i um similarly experienced right because i was so caught up and you 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 kind of resonated in, with what i what i felt is when you did do badly on stage you 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 see yourself as a bad human being or as a failure as your worth yeah. completely goes down yeah. the shitter right but this this label we call stand up that we i mean i grabbed on to it and didn't let go and it's just like you know the hold the, the 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 tighter you hold on to it the more it kind of tries to push you away and i realized since then 2020 till now you could be funny and you know you can you can just have the label somewhere because it's something you can put on your website or something you can market yourself with but that's why i think what you just said if it, it can be everything yet it doesn't have to be as important as you make it out to be yeah because yeah. the moment you, you know i'll tell you i mm-hmm. no go on the one thing you know that also struck me is that i think why we were so up and down why we fluctuated so wildly with our self self respect and perception was also because a bad show just or you know like seven bad shows in a row didn't just mean that you're a terrible person it also sort of affected your social connections yeah. right because there is i mean what a petty embarrassing world we lived in yeah. uh was that you know like it's it's su- suddenly someone you know if you, if you do seven shows badly the three people you know who you thought were your friends will suddenly stop talking to you because you're not you know as you don't have as much social capital as them suddenly um or you know you're not as uh, sort of this thing and you're like oh i thought this was actually a friendship but then you realize that oh now this what is happening on stage is also affecting my off stage life um and then you have your own personal demons to battle and so a combination of that i think that's i mean it was a it was a combination of all those things yeah. um that sort of <laughs> led to the wild spikes and low lows and it's you know something as petty as you know before the show like especially in a club where you know you get to interact with the audience before and after the show yeah. people will come and be like i really like your work and then after the show if you've not done as well which is of course relative it's relative but at the same time you can't run away from it because there are three people on the lineup and one person gets a louder laugh it's it is what it is but the worst is when the yeah. same person comes and says they walk right past you go to the person who did who got more laughs and like, why don't you join us at our table for a drink and you're like you mother you know it's just, and and i know people are like yeah you're as funny as your last show you're as funny as you, you got to have set. but at that point you're just like son of a bitch that <laughs> you know oh my god i love that i mean i don't love that but it always cracks me up like you know when you go to a show and then like i did this, i did like a show i think last year that was my last corporate show because i went on stage and they like greeted me with the wildest of applause they were like yeah fuck and i'm like i got this yeah and then when i walked off stage 30 minutes later they were like cool polite applause and i just i felt horrible <laughs> right but i was like how did i get on stage and 
like how did how did it happen that they were more fans of me before i started doing my stuff oof that burns <laughs> that burns you know it, it's so hurtful it's so hurtful but so funny but at least aditi you had an audience for you which walked away because it started raining and you didn't realize right <laughs> wait when the fuck was this I that's so the, funny at a corporate many years back it was the three of us praveen sanjay and i we go to this uh, which company was it i think it was one of those um one of those bosh one of those things and it was an outdoor event and they had covered mm-hmm. the stage or semi covered yeah. the stage and sanjay goes up he's hosting i go on and of course and then i'm talking i'm talking and it starts of okay i'm getting some laughs and then you know it's, it wasn't like thunder and rain like that heavy but yeah. it was sprinkling rain right? Which, <laughs> and i'm going on and i'm just like this is not going as well it started off okay and then sanjay like buddy they've all gone in buddy i'm like fucking someone should have told me <laughs> and not even just That's quietly so moved up. on i don't know how i didn't hear it they moved the chairs the entire event has been relocated i'm going on going your punchline needs to be changed <laughs> You're going back to your notes and being like, "I wonder what didn't work." Oh Correct. yeah, the audience was not sitting there. That's Correct. what didn't work. Yeah. Open bar, rain, and audience oh. missing. I think that might be three Whoa, reasons. What a crime! Yeah. Yeah. See, like, how do you? How does a self-respecting person climb out of that hole of self-hatred? Yeah. I, I At least cut my mic, that. right? At least the event guy should have cut yeah. my mic. I would have heard that. Like, oh. Uh, No, I, you know, <laughs> you, do you think things have changed now? Because you you mentioned the one eighty, which you've experienced a yeah. lot more women in the comedy um, career, uh, comedy kind of space, and um, you know, I spoke spoke to Azim on the podcast about this. I spoke to a few other people about this, and you know, for various reasons, the inputs have been interesting because. each person now has kind of made peace depending on you know where they are in their career or each person has explored these tools in different ways whether it's the instagram reels or whether it's the youtube phenomena but from you know a perspective of getting your jokes out there right one is of course do you do it as a marketing tool or do you use it now as a career tool how is your um oh that's a that's interesting Yeah because you know the thing is it it's from what what I've heard over the past few conversations with comedians who are still actively out there um sorry apologize for that's my dog and um I I think that's the that's the thing right because even in that space right like just like the live shows just like how there you go from city to city you go from festival to festival there is a different career path there and in india that is limited because of the number of rooms as you mentioned the number of venues yeah. that are actively doing shows week in week out that's almost zero now except for maybe a couple in the country yeah. uh but now it seems like just like how we have an offline life and an online life there's almost like an offline comedy and an online comedy yeah. and the online comedy seems to be where everyone is and it seems to be a hybrid of what stand up is because it's no longer long form it's short form unless of course you're popular your fans come for you and then you put it behind a paywall so where where have you been with this how has it been for you and where are you now so you know i have actually been very lucky i sold two specials to netflix one to amazon prime uk and then um you know i i managed to uh, i mean and then my last 10 videos came out on uh, amazon mini tv which is a platform uh also native to amazon the mm-hmm. a- amazon ecosystem right and so i've been very lucky as far as that is concerned as far as selling my uh, j- uh stage life online 
is right. concerned. Right. I've been very, very lucky. Having said that, I am such an old person when it comes to like, you know, getting on like, like everyone's like do reels every day. And I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't have the, I, I myself, like I, I, my self image, my skin is too terrible for me to get on like a camera every day for me to like, be like, Hey, you know, I'm going to do some mindless thing with three puns in it. Um, right, right, it's something right. that I can't bring myself to do. And I've seen people, you know, do it. Uh, and, and sort of like, it, again, it's all this, like you, I, I, I keep thinking to myself, I will not dance for the algorithm. Yeah. Uh, and yet that is what you need to do. That is what you need to do uh, is you need to dance for the algorithm. There is space for uh, the long form storytelling. Mm. There is space for, you know, all these things. But it is now largely fueled by what's happening online. So like if you do amusing sketches online, I know that like a bunch of influencers, if they put up a show, um, they will sell out in five minutes. What will they do live? That they will decide. <laughs> but, mm. you know, they will sell out in five minutes. Whereas a comedian that's been working for a year on a special uh, will still have to like be like, oh, you know, hey guys, I'm working on this show. Please come and watch. Please come and watch. Please come and watch. So I think that, you know, they're two different beasts almost. And um, I am a terrible tamer of beasts is what I've realized when it comes to the online yeah. space. No, I don't, I, I, I'm I a little baffled as well, right? Because unless, of course, it's the big names, um, you know, you, you hear stories like of Andrew Schultz picking up his entire career from being rejected by all these big platforms and putting up one clip every week of three, four minutes. And then now, of course, he's in the big league or you go watch your Dave Chappelle's and Amy Schumer's or even, you know, the, the people who came out of Mad TV or you, there, there are women now who are, um, you know, popular because they're funny. But then you um, look at someone now who's trying to start out uh, and it just yeah. seems like humor has changed because you can't give... The, the 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 performer as an audience doesn't the performer doesn't have time to mess up they don't have time to you know especially on yeah. these shorter platforms they they don't have time to make a mistake they don't have time to reflect they they basically have to put 10 words really well woven or really well edited together and and that's in a Sandeep, way this is what you and i think sandeep you don't know how mindlessly and thoughtlessly people are putting up things my god it will blow your mind sandeep how without a thought in their heads, people are putting up stuff. And you like we are only people who are like, oh, I should make something clever. I should make it thoughtful. I should make it hilarious. Mm. Nobody thinking that. Nobody thinking that. Everybody just putting up stuff. And I think, you know, yeah. in fact, the other day, I, I think that the space to make mistakes is less. Um but no, what I was referring to that point is if you have a good line, perfect. right, say, no, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you to a certain extent where if everyone's a performer, then who the fuck's watching the performance, right? Because if, every person, a, if everyone's a content creator, who's content consumer? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but well, what I wanted to say is like, you know, sometimes, of course, we were wordy on stage, but it gave us a chance to explore and maybe out of that bit, something else came off. But now it's like, if that 60 seconds or 48 seconds or 59 seconds, which you recorded at your open mic, which got laughed, it's literally you're like running after the laugh. Of course, we all love the laugh but the point is we're running after the material which gets the laugh it's almost like you're ignoring what gets you that laugh but you're just running after those views does that vira the virality or the possibility of virality and if that does it that's it that bit is done and so no longer is the yeah. bit enjoyable to tell 
or fun to repeat in multiple shows but it's like you know what it only has to serve one purpose which is to go viral and then i'm going to become famous for 48 seconds then i'm going to become famous for nothing else so <laughs> it's, it's it's weird i i don't get it so maybe it's coming from a place of ignorance maybe i don't understand the the tiktok reels game but it's it's yeah. i i want what i want to know is has it changed the the performer uh, the 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 present day stand up comedian yeah oh, this is a fantastic question you know yes it has yes it has i think that um you know i think that i think one a lot more of the online world is being spoken about in the offline spaces mm-hmm. uh like you know there's uh, the other day someone mentioned like i was standing in an open mic and someone was like the other day like a month ago uh so somebody was like hey uh, this is comedian habit now to be like listen i was on a flight this morning no you weren't okay? no, you this weren't, yeah. this this story happened a month ago when you wrote this set don't lie uh, yeah. but you're lucky um, if it's in the same annual experience right <laughs> <laughs> there are guys um, like yeah i went i went to a friend's place last week for the past 8 years the same bit has been last week <laughs> um and i think that uh, you know actually the fact that you brought that up is interesting because there was a lot of stagnation also there was a lot of like there were these comics who were doing the same material for the past 12 years yeah. uh, and so they also were not able to find a footing in the online space yeah uh, but then now there are comics who like you now there's no space to develop only material mm. now it's like even if you try and develop a 45 minute you have to put out like 6 minutes of it or 8 minutes of it or 12 minutes of it Yeah. or simultaneously develop a freaking set it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of a task right 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 um i think that is sort of weird wildly between the two uh mm. fuck what is that no you're I'm referring sorry. to uh, someone you uh, were talking to at a show last month you sorry no i was talking hanji i you know i wasn't talking to them because i don't talk to anybody at shows now <laughs> except the audience right oh wow i'm just making me sound like a complete asshole no but, but it's, it's you know it's it's also how you know honestly speaking stand up is a solo thing and it's nice to gel and you know vibe with other comedians and but i feel that's what we had in bangalore in 2012 to 15 right we had this group where we would write or bounce ideas off after open mic someone would be like this might work better and that was good but that was that right after that it's just gone and i think that's yeah. perfectly fine i think if you have splinter groups it's fine like it doesn't really have to be one united comedy front against the audience none of that bullshit but if if the if one group is trying to put down the other group like you know there's some stupid yeah. stuff like oh hindi comedians go to this room kannada comedians go to this room i'm like see if the audience is coming for that language fair enough but you can't say that because you speak english you can't come to this show or vice versa like if you speak you know kannada you can't come from i i think that is this you know when we say inclusivity right unless the audience doesn't understand the language like if you have a hardcore marketed show for a certain language and you in the person coming is speaking french at a tamil show okay i get it yeah. but otherwise i don't see the reason to this thing so anyway i um i interrupted you about the um, being alone at shows i went on a tangent oh yeah sorry you know i was i was i was watching somebody and they were talking about a, a scandal that happened online recently right mm-hmm. and i was stunned at the level of people who kind who knew what they were talking about Mm. um and i was like oh because the online world has sort of pervaded reality or at least for the people who watch stand up comedy it is such an incredibly active part of reality 
and i think what is bothering me about this is that we have gone now from you know original storytelling to hot takes on the internet being translated into stand up uh-huh and it feels very insincere and it doesn't feel like it's anything to do with you as a performer and it just makes the whole like the whole idea of stand up comedy really bleak and like then it's like because i i want to hear about you i want to hear about you know i mean i yeah i saw what you saw online and that thing that you said on that is very funny but what is you know how you feel about it and i feel like that that impersonality has come impersonality that's not even a word um there's an impersonalness to stand up that is pervading from the online space um which mm. i It's surprising you mentioned that you know I'm, I'm gl- it's nice to hear it from someone who's you know younger than me because I I I sometimes I worry not worry but I'm aware of the fact that I might sound jaded because I've been uh, not in it for too long it's 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 just that I also sometimes think is my perspective too restricted when it comes to looking at the internet or content coming out of people who frankly I don't know if I not get along with but I just don't understand some some of the take on this content but Yeah. I was talking to Navi uh, my wife this morning of you because you know you met Navi and I was talking about these yeah. people who are super famous right like um people who are giving self help advice people who are these rock stars in some way right when it comes yeah. to uh conscious living and me- like I call them like the the, the <laughs> they're like crazy like people, like you know Jay Shetty or someone like that yeah. um they're so popular they I think Jay Shetty came to Bangalore and he had a huge fan following at his show and i think he's done a lot of good when it comes to his books and helping people through his videos but and this but is not in a negative way it's it's this idea of are you expected to when you say authentic way of living your authentic self it, has the internet authentic changed from real authentic like i don't know because i feel like do you have to constantly have this um image about you and you're on it all the time because you're i mean technically as you said the internet will not leave you i mean by internet i don't mean this this conspiracy kind of internet like this dark force which is out to get you but i mean anyone in any country in country and in even in india any city is connected all the time and they're one click away from putting yeah. you you at any point say they love your work and they come and see you at some point they come for your show but they might see you at coffee or they might see you at the grocery store might see you at the gym they want that version of quote unquote authentic aditi yeah. and if it's not what it's yeah. what what suits what story you've been telling what happens then you know that's very true uh that's actually interesting you know i mean and I, I, so here's the thing right i have taken advice from a million people about mm. what to do online right yeah. because i i i'm not I I just I can't get online every day. I can't sort of this thing and I then I don't and I also don't want to do anything too mindless. Like I don't yeah. want to be like oh my god guys mere ko to itni neend aati hai ki main na kumkaran ki tarah hu aur main na itna soti hu ki mere ko just what okay yeah. I I and I find myself cringing when it comes to that shit. And so I've asked a million people about what I should do. Yeah, and a yeah. and million of them are like listen Aditi put up a reel every day. and or put up like a post every day or like tweet multiple times a day or whatever and then the second thing is to talk about what you know yeah to talk about what you know and now if i start off knowing uh, about lip gloss right 
uh, my first twelve reels are going to be about lip gloss. One of them is going to like hit it, right? They're, they're going to be like, "Wow, this girl! You remember that lip lip gloss thing she did?" Yeah. Now your thirteenth reel is going to be about headphones. You're screwed yeah. because now the algorithm doesn't recognize you. Um, you know, they they sort of um, like you suddenly gone away from what has been deemed your genre. Yeah. And then, and and because you have to be in people's faces every day. I know I get like you were talking about influencers who are giving your advice, right? Yeah. They're like twenty-five year olds who are like telling sixty-year-olds how to save for retirement. Yeah. <laughs> But because you have to post every day, you have to then you're like milking the bottom of the barrel, right? It doesn't even have any nipples. You're just like, okay, fuck it. What can I pull out of this? You know, this empty sack of mine that, and so you end up becoming more and more a sort of. Uh, what is the word? Uh, a sort of parody of yourself. Uh, yeah. By, by the end of your career, and and that I get right. That is not very authentic. And you know what? That's something I found right. Whether you you were saying you either um have audience that hate you or love you, and even in that way, you either have material that hates on or uh, dotes on someone. Like it, um, you see sometimes with artists and comedians. or even with content which is happening right other it's like you know male bashing or it's anti-feminist or it's like oh my god wedding marriage jokes or whatever it may be yeah. i think and this is something again i i want to run by you is like are we performing any more number one we i think we we acknowledge we don't no longer do it doing it because it at least the, the modern for content creation very few are doing it for the joy of creation and the joy of laughter i think it's just like so so we no, no, money, money 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 exactly money right? give me so, money i like money money so we no longer doing it because we enjoy it we want it uh, um the ideas we're doing it for the audience so the audience reciprocates we go big we get money right but now there's a third yeah. element to this are we even doing it for the audience because does the audience actually have control over what they see or do they have um do they see what is being fed to them by the algorithm so finally are we performing yeah. for the algorithm and not for the people we I mean we're performing for the gatekeepers for sure we're performing yeah. for the gatekeepers for sure right yeah. oh my god this is so cool so like you know um and it, and it kind of comes back to that whole thing where it's oh my god sandeep you're so insightful Stay the fuck away from stand-up comedy, please. I beg you. <laughs> I think stand-up is staying away from me. <laughs> so it's it's. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's a mutual uh, agreement, but you know what? I, I, yeah, it's just one of Shut those. Shut up! I will be thrilled when you get back on stage. I'm letting you know this. Um, but no, no, no. You're right in that we are actually because the algorithm has a mind of its own, right? The algorithm is deciding that whether one day Zuckerberg wakes up and says that my gas is gone. Uh, now we will uh, prioritize video content, um, and then what en- ends up happening is that there are layers of gatekeepers. There are layers of like, okay, so the people of you know X Y Z social media company uh, will decide. Okay, we you know they're going to pick six people who you know have blown up over the pandemic, say for example, and then they've made them these huge stars, and yeah. you know now you're like, oh shit, now none of them have any discernible talent. <laughs> But you're mm. still sort of milking it. You're still seeing them everywhere, and you're like, oh, yeah. okay, you know, I, I kind of you, you get that there are also representatives of the gatekeepers, uh, because they also maybe the numbers that they're closely associated with, maybe they're fucking Chirag Paswan's children. Um, I mean, Chirag Paswan's a very niche example, but you know, like maybe they're a producer's children, maybe they're uh-huh. you know friends of a celebrity, and therefore blah blah blah. 
I, I do, you're right that all those factors do come into play. You're not really ever only performing for your audience, and you're definitely. I don't think we're all performing for the love of performance um, all the time. I, I mean, I, I I would say I still think maybe in I because I've learned to control my emotions. Uh, you know, I think maybe eighty percent of the time is when I'm really really enjoying myself and doing it for myself, and then I'm loving it so much that I'm pouring myself into it. Um, but twenty percent is you're still dancing to somebody else's things. Yeah, which which I find you know uh, this is another reflection of the audience. I right? do people even know what they want anymore because there will be someone who's like, oh, I love Eddie Zard's bit on squirrels climbing trees, and I'm like, that's funny, right? You're good. And then someone's like, Dave Chappelle is the goat, right? And next thing they're like, did you watch Zarna Garg? She's hilarious. I'm like, see, maybe she is. I haven't watched her stuff, but are we? expected to say these things as audience like my god if you don't if you say i didn't like that bit by dave chappelle that means you are a trans uh gender activist like i'm saying there is just like how you have to get someone's attention as a performer by sticking to say lip gloss and for, for 50 reels lip gloss even as an audience now are you expected to agree with the popular sentiment which is either hate a comedian for their you know their rigid views on LGBTQ or celebrate them because they're the anti-establishment. So, you know, I think that we're all allowed to like, uh, you know, the dichotomies where I like, I mean, I'm, you know, I simultaneously, I'm a huge fan of Dave Chappelle and I am a huge fan of, uh, you know, CID, you know, right. Uh, I think the, the multitudes exist within us. I do think that there is a, almost drive where it's like success breeds success breeds success and then it just becomes a circle of like uh, oh this thing is really popular right now so a lot of people are going to like it uh, and then because of that it's going to get a second season and then you know a lot more people are going to like it and then because of that it's going to get a third season even though the quality of it is rapidly deteriorating mm. that thing is going to have a long shelf life because five people liked it in the beginning right by that merit, and then it's uh, and it's, it's always a, this thing. Okay, then five articles come out. Yeah, actually, this season was the best. Yeah, yeah. you know, next season twenty five articles will come out because they have bigger marketing budgets. Uh, and I think to a very large extent, success breeds success. Uh, you know, where it's oh, you know that creator, forty five of their videos are at one million views. Now you go watch forty seven of them, but you don't see anything special. Uh, but then you automatically, because everybody else is like, nee, bahut hi badi hai, bahut hi badi hai, you start liking yeah. this person yeah. and you join the fandom. Uh, I do think that also because I mean, they're a less religious generation. <laughs> we yeah. tend to want to attach ourselves to these fandoms. Like you see the Swifties and the, you know, um, a lot of superstars having very, very dedicated, angry fans who come at you. You know, these, yeah. the stan culture, if you will. And I think yeah. that is a sort of replacement for... Uh, just a lost sense of community. I think we've, we have to find ourselves new things to coalesce around, whether it's celebrities or comedians or singers, you know, that remains to be seen. I do also think by that merit that there is a weird sort of, and maybe it's only an Indian thing. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you if it's happening abroad. I was, I went to watch Trevor Noah, who was performing in Mumbai recently. Oh, he had I a bad episode the, in Bangalore. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, go on. Uh, which you spoke about to much hilarity in the Bombay show as well. Mm-hmm. Before we go for the show, you know, I'm standing outside waiting in line. And then I hear somebody say something about the show uh, that happened in Delhi. Okay. 
right and uh, so we're i'm standing outside the venue the bombay show waiting to get in line and then i hear somebody say oh yeah all he did was 45 minutes of crowd work in delhi yeah mm i said like, cool then we go in to do this show we go going to watch the show and you know it's amazing i i really had a wonderful time is mm. a delightfully funny person uh with a very astute take on mm-hmm. you know a, a lot of current things that i even think like a lot of comedians have not managed to uh put their finger on indian comedians have not ma- been ma- there's a lot of things that he spoke about that i feel like even indian comedians have not been able to put their finger on directly yeah and so i was quite impressed with that he did about 45 minutes 50 minutes of uh, the show was about 1 hour 15 minutes long he had a 10 minute opening act um he did about 50 minutes on india and he talked nice. about the usual stuff okay he talked about you know taj mahal and lack of personal space and traffic and all this stuff right but it was good jokes on the taj mahal and traffic and lack of personal space yeah and we walk out from that show and i am delighted and you know we go back home and then i'm just you know on twitter and then i suddenly see a tweet from somebody saying bang your people y'all missed nothing he right. did only 45 minutes of crowd work mm and i was like one second i had heard of this criticism of the show before i went in for the show and now here was a bombay person literally copy pasting that criticism uh you know into into what has happened in the bombay show and i was in the audience i know he didn't do 45 minutes of crowd work if you ask the audience hey do you guys like potatoes that's not crowd work you know what i'm saying yeah uh, crowd work would Here's... be what's your name where are you going um and then the and and a bunch of people were responding yeah yeah we heard it was a wretched mess and i was like why is everyone like are we not just enjoying things for this because everyone wanted ki you should come and deliver a new netflix special over here he's on or, tour dude the guy is on freaking tour like let him tour or and do what you do on comedy like, central what, do what you what got you famous uh, right right yeah and they're like no 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 and i feel like there was just this need to not like what he did um which i found really weird i was like you know it was and it's not like people were booing in the show or like people were sitting silently miserable in the show everyone was laughing so i don't i couldn't even understand where that sort of visceral like bomb bang your people you didn't miss anything you know he just did yeah. 45 minutes a crowd work i was like dude what i, I couldn't and i couldn't understand that and so is this the problem people agreeing and I, the idea of being truly international So, sorry just want to add on to your point is to be a person of the world you travel yeah. everywhere and do shows for those people in that country and they could be mixed they could be indians with expats wherever as opposed to going from india around the world for other indians who've gone from here yeah. right so that yeah. clearly is the way because someone will be like my god you know this guy is bait on india in australia for indians when he's come from bombay it was great as opposed yeah. to <laughs> having the balls to come to a foreign country yeah and take up observation to do it well yeah. that is something yeah. which is a skill that comes with honing your craft over years whatever it may yeah. be right but yeah are we restrictive to one person one idea stick to that otherwise we're going to penalize yeah. you it almost sounds like you that. know i mean and the the criticism was almost like where are the insightful stories and the and i was like dude just let him be na he's telling jokes he didn't mm. tell you he was he was he didn't like the the show is not called like uh stand you know insightful stories by trevor no it's called off the record comedy tour by this thing he yeah. made us laugh his job has been done 
Yeah. But no, no, he didn't. You know, I'm like, why are you asking a guy that is showing up from the US to give you like, you know, dynamic insights on the country that you are living in? So you, y'all won't go watch an Indian comedian give y'all dynamic insights. Usko tum gali doge baithke. Lekin Trevor yeah. Noah ne mere ko insight kyun nahi diya? Arey yar. And two years, three years back, the audience didn't know what crowd work was. Now suddenly there's some yeah. three clips which have gone viral of this guy yeah. doing crowd work, and where's like crowd work? Yeah. I mean, if I see, there's another extreme, right? When you say hello to the audience, it's not crowd work. But again, I remember when we were doing stand-up, everyone would copy this. Give me a cheer if you're doing well, which would go to the yeah. extent like, give me a cheer if you're Wheatish. I'm like, everything we go extreme. Wait, like, who is that? Some comedian, give me a cheer if you're lower middle class. I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, stop at the point, right? Give me a cheer if you're coming from work. Okay, but give me a cheer. Like after the 15th, give me a cheer. Like, like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't, we used to rag Atul a lot, Atul Khatri. Correct. We would Correct. rag the hell out of him to be like, friends, but give, I me thought, yeah, give me a cheer if you're British. That's a bit much, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying that's the new thing, right? Like if someone says, hi, what do you do for work? Like, oh, he's doing crowd work. Like they completely disconnect because the reel is over yeah. in their head. The 40 seconds is yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's crazy how people are really unable to, I think it's, it's such a weird, it's almost ironic, right? You are flooded with information in a time like no other, yeah. yet you don't have the attention span to absorb that information because you've been conditioned to absorb it in certain bites of information. So even when you're yeah. listening to a one hour, two hour long conversation, you've made your mind up in the first 30 seconds. You, you're yeah. watching a movie, you are influenced by what that guy's done. And next thing you're going to go and either find people who agree with you, who are going to celebrate you for your idea or who are going to shit on you for your uh, observation about that movie. Because someone else would be like, you know what, that, that, that movie Oppenheimer was great because of so-and-so, this one's acting. And you're, you're either falling into that group or you're like, you know what, screw Nazis. And you'll find someone for that. Or you'll be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> love you Nazis. And then yeah. tell me, wait, I hope this, nobody never, I did so just love you Nazis. But, uh, no one's going to be going to make it unclippable this part <laughs> because like, say, Aditi nice, Mittal nice. <laughs> <laughs> love you Nazi <laughs> um, you know, but you know I think there's, a, there's also like I feel like now we're all just waiting for someone to have an opinion yeah. and then we'll latch on to that yeah. so if there's someone if that person has decided that you know Bangalore didn't miss anything because Trevor Noah did only 45 minutes of crowd work ha, 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 yeah. then that's it that's what everybody's going to talk about and that's how everyone's going to deem it and you know, Trevor Noir doesn't care because he's going to come back and sell out another audience. Absolutely. And Bye. you know what? This is my future prediction, Aditi. AI is not going to take our jobs. The way people are right now, AI is going to take over our minds. And by that, I don't mean like some, you know, future sci-fi shit. I mean, literally, it is going to feed us uh, stuff like this. It's already happening, as you said, right? It's under the guise of someone's tweet saying it's crowd work. But that's it. We don't want yeah. to think for ourselves. We don't want stuff that is... Um, not fitting in the way I'm comfortable consuming it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like even, you know, the, the sort of space for conversation has contracted so much. I, we were just sitting and talking about it the other day and this current dispensation, the current Indian government is, you know, does a shit ton of things that, you know, you cannot agree with. Mm-hmm. Okay. There, I mean, the treatment of minorities, you know, the treatment of women, the, kind of people that they are putting, that they're giving uh, tickets to parliament to, it's absolutely unhinged. I mean, the the compromise on most of our judicial and executive institutions, terrible. Mm. Um, And and then the other day I had, I'm so stupid, out loud, I was 
was talking about. I said, you know, well, uh, I mean, it's understandable that uh, you know India's uh, India's going to abstain on a vote uh, when it comes to the Russia-Ukraine war because mm. you know India has a shared cultural context and history with Russia, and that is not a relationship worth throwing away. Uh, you know, because they are being pressured by um, countries that have never really upheld the democracy that they claim to spread. Yeah. And oh my God, you know, thirty people in the room just turned to me like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, there's no, there's no space for that. You can't right. even say that. Oh, that thing that they did may not have been terrible, but of course, everything else they do is also terrible." But that. So you said that on stage. Suddenly, there's no space. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because you are, yeah. you have had an opinion which is the anti-present government, and for various yeah. reasons. But you turning around and saying something positive <laughs> is is not processed by them. So that means you almost <laughs> betrayed them. Yes, immediately. I mean, mm. immediately people were like, you know, how dare you? Um, you know, even if I ever, like if I, I mean, like the last, whatever, three months ago, I put out a reel where I said Ben showed. Mm. And uh, then people were like, did not expect this from you. And, you know, oh. we're unfollowing you. And I was like, you know what? Okay, like, I get it. And I'm not going to argue back. And I'm not going to be like, but I'm a person that has, you know, subtleties and shades. And I, you know, this thing. I'm just like I understand. I respect your decision. Now, whenever anyone says anything to me, I'm just like I respect your decision. Yeah, I'm, because Aditi, you're not. You don't have to be. You, you, you got it wrong. You're real authentic. You got to be internet authentic, bro. You got to be <laughs> that person who's just the same. You, you got to. You know what? I'm making a career choice for you. You need to be the lip gloss girl. <laughs> <laughs> Next sixty-four reels I'm posting as a collab with you, Sandeep. Yeah, lip, the lip gloss girl, and there's no matte finish on that. Yeah, that's your tagline. I've given you both. <laughs> You get good to go. Oh, <laughs> uh, but it's no. I, 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 you know, I find it you know baffling because I, I haven't you know gone viral and and sometimes my these questions or these ponderings might come across as a bitter person who's not gone. But no. I, I just get you know with so much out there with everyone having millions and thousands of hundreds of thousands of millions of followers, millions of views. What is actually being absorbed? I mean. You know, when I when I hear the story of say Zakir Khan, right, coming from Indore, he started a little after us. He was doing shows, and I remember him hustling, doing the small rooms. He would come for the the, the pajama fest. He was there, and he was with the green room. We were chatting, and Zakir and I, you know, our conversation is always weird because he would always speak to me in Hindi, and I would always speak to him in English because I couldn't understand, and I don't speak Hindi. And still, we got along because you know we would get the essence of what we're trying to communicate. But then his story yeah. to then the AIB thing which launched him to now doing Madison Square Garden, that is brilliant, right? For me, that is so encouraging to hear um, of a storyteller taking his story from indoor to the biggest stages in the world. That is international. I mean, who goes for that show? I don't know. In the sense, is it only Indians or are they cured? Because I'm assuming because it's in Hindi, it'll be mainly Indians. But that is being launched to the world stage. And then, yeah, people bickering over, you know, my camera at the open mic was knocked over because your camera came in the way. I'm like, what? Oh my God. Listen, can you please recount for your listeners that fight? I will never forget. Which one? You know, somebody punched somebody, you know, because they walked in front of their camera. Oh my God. No, I I don't know this punching bit because I I know the bit about a guy staggering out because he was hammered after, I think when Papa CJ and I and Sanjay were doing a show and he was so smashed, he walked straight 
into the tripod and ruined the recording for someone. But I, I don't know this punching bit. Do you know? No, so this punching story was, this was obviously somewhere in Delhi. A comic <laughs> was having a... Aditi, uh, I'm unfollowing you, know, you for that statement. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, the two comics. And mm. I mean, these are two comics who didn't have any love lost. You know, no. they, they kind of like, didn't like each other. Um, and, and again, that that dynamic always bleeds, always bleeds all over the place. Right. So this one comic, these two comics didn't really like each other, and then they were on the same lineup. So they are uh, just dicks to each other while they're sitting backstage, and you know, uh, sort of psyching each other out before they get on stage. And then they get on stage, and then one of them is doing it, and one of them had a recording, like so he had paid for a camera and everything to be oh. set up. And um, the the other comic had finished by then, and then. I don't know whether it was deliberate or not, mm. but this person walked across, like, while this, this person was performing on stage, walked in front of the camera and stood oh. there. And <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 in front of the center cam, okay? In front oh. of the center cam. He clearly knew what he was doing. 4K cam, okay, oh. where you would be able to punch in and out if you wanted angles, but hey. Oh. At, so, <laughs> at some point, uh, the guys, you know, they started talking to each other and then they, one of them punched the other one. I do not know which one. I think it was the guy who paid for the recording, who was on stage, punched the guy who was in front of the camera. I do not know, but there was a punch thrown and I thought that was absolutely exciting. The rivalry results got more aggressive, right? Because a lot more at stake. You've spent 40, 50 grand yeah. on recording. I, I remember yeah. it being a lot more innocent when we started out um, in running shows or at least trying to get people on board to the idea of comedy, right? They're like, what, you want to give us... Uh, you want us to give you an evening where we give three of you a mic and we trust you with that to entertain the audience? Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> to to now where people are like, you know, I have fucking 50,000, um, you know, rupee camera set up. You know what? Such a cute thing. It's almost cute when I recollect yeah. this scene. There was a comedy night yeah. which we were trying to convince the, the venue of keeping as a weekly occurrence, right? And it was a bar back then. I think it's called Banana Bar or Banana Beach or something. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't make it for the gig. So uh, Sanjay, Praveen and two other guys or three other guys wanted to get on stage. And I remember that they were not really appreciating the comedy evening, the the the, the venue, the yeah. staff, the audience, like four people or whatever. Right? Yeah. And I remember <laughs> this bar had a water body inside, like a stream running through it or something like that. This is what, it, again, okay. was, I wasn't there. And apparently... <laughs> While one of the guys was performing, he, I mean, he didn't really do it too long. I think he did two, three shows. Uh, he was performing. One of the waiters walked behind him or walked in front of him. I think in front of him, obviously. And he pulled the wire or something. So this guy got really upset. And during the performance, has scolded the waiter. And the waiter scolded him back. So then the waiter, <laughs> this guy pushes the waiter. The waiter pushes this guy and this guy falls into the stream. I mean, all this during... That's hil- horrible, but hilarious. See, isn't it cute? But horrible. It's cute, right? I don't know why it feels cute yeah. compared to this Delhi story yeah. of like them riling each other up and then intentionally. It just feels like yeah. it was miserable. Like there have been, yeah. been shows where Sanjay and I have gone, guys, I mean, literally halfway, we were waiting to get on stage and the guy's like, okay, are you going to perform in Hindi? I'm like, dude, we don't speak Hindi. He's like, but I told you that the audience doesn't understand English. I'm like, why the fuck would you call us then, right? And yeah. then uh, we literally... St- fumble through 10 minutes and you don't get a laugh obviously and then the CEO's wife cracks a Santa Banta joke and gets a huge standing ovation and he's like that is comedy I'm not paying you I'm like see you've dealt with it but um, I just don't know where it is I mean I don't have a critical negative take on where we are today I'm just trying to understand as a person who's generated content who likes laughter who likes going for gigs even as a non-comedian 
I, I've gone for shows where Jonathan Arthur has made me piss myself or yeah. whoever it may be. But it just feels that we, we, we kind of are going everywhere with the filter of the internet between us and the real world with, you know, like we, we don't see the world for what it is in front of us with our physical senses, but we have to fi filter yeah. and process it through these Snapchat filters, Insta filters, the reels and what those translate with the comments, instead of saying, I love the show, we want to hear a comment about it on these platforms or um, how many views it got on these platforms. And, mm. and, and through those results, we want to either validate it, appreciate it, celebrate it, or follow it and become fans of it. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't even say it's the filter of the internet. I would just say, I think that one though you are right is that we started off in simpler times, which is why I think you and I are old timers. So we can talk about art. You know what I'm saying? We, when we started out, we were unbounded by what the audience wants to hear or the quality and type of audience that was coming for these shows. Yeah. We were, we were not bound by that, which I think people who have come after us have been, right? Yeah. They want to know if they can get on Comic Stan because they know once they get on Comic Stan, then, you know, Oriel will take them on tour, uh, you know, because then, you know, something else will happen because then some big, you know, OML artist will retweet their tweet. Yeah. There is, uh, like everybody now, the, the the road to success is not the art yeah. um, anymore. Yeah. And I think that, that is one, and that's why the stakes are so much higher. I feel like, it, in fact, I think my major turning point with stand-up came when it suddenly became a job. And I saw that people didn't care about the art. I think that was, it, it was my first layer of disillusion, uh, you know, as a comedian. Yeah. Uh, I mean, disrespect me all you want, uh, you know, call me a piece of shit, I'm garbage, etc, etc. Say, why the fuck are you here? No problem. Yeah. But the complete lack of acknowledgement of the art itself. Yeah. Um, and I'm and by art, I mean, like stand up comedy or the art of being funny or being clever. Um, I, I feel like that is something that it's, it's through the filter of commerce and it sucks. But uh, uh, I'm putting my uh, QR code in the description of the. I'm going to keep it here. Just pay me fifty bucks. <laughs> it's no longer. It's no longer <laughs> what you say or how you say it. It's not, it's 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 at who says it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You, you know. I mean, there was that one really interesting uh, observation that somebody made recently, where they were like, "You don't retweet a tweet. You retweet the account." Yeah. You retweet the account of the person that has put out that tweet. It hardly matters what the tweet is. Correct. Like you might have a gem of a joke, which might go unnoticed, but yeah. if it comes out of say 10 famous comedians in India, then that joke suddenly epic, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh my God. The other day, I, you know, and I'll tell you this, maybe Sandeep, I do believe that your niceness was your weakness. I do believe that, you know, you, you Sanjay and Praveen had such a nice thing going. Uh, Cause I remember when I came to perform in the beginning in Bangalore, yeah. You know, I was in touch with all three of you. Like, yeah. you know, I would be like, oh, Praveen is not here. Okay, let me, you know, hit up Sandeep. And then, you know, you'd be like, okay, there's a room here. You can go perform here. And then Sanjay would be like, oh, I'm coming to watch. And it was, you know, y'all were very forthcoming and very kind to each other and to others. And I do think that at that point in time, and maybe even now, but now it happens in different um, in different ways. And I think the women also use those covert ways is where now it's about power. Mm. Where now, in fact, the bigger dick you are, mm. the more, you know, people will be like, oh, this person, like, you know, they, they surely are, 
uh, this thing. Or if there's someone that's too nice, then they're like, oh, this person is, you know, ghade hai. Oh, sabko, you know, chance deta rehte hai. Walk over, yeah. Don't listen to them. Haan, he's a, uh, he's a walk over. And I think... No, that, and our thing was also, we, we, we kind of, end, we, we did that and, you know, there were regrets later. We got frustrated. And as you said, that fear became aggression, right? When I would get drunk and talk yeah. shit. It was from a place of like, we tried and, you know, that, yeah. that's why all those things kind of came to pass. And I kind of looked at all of it for what it was. And, you know, withdrew from some of it, made peace with some of it, acknowledged some of it and decided what I want from a lot of it and what I choose to do going forward. Even when I do get back on stage, it's, uh, you know, uh, no need to kind of just say, oh, the market des- demands you to be an asshole. You have to be one. If you, you can still do what you want, but learn. And I'm actually, you know, 2024 when I do get back, it's, I'm going to look at from 2009 to 2020 as 11 years of teaching me how to become a stand-up comedian when I go back on stage. And that yeah. admission is a lot of fear. It was like, shit, are you going to undo or forget everything? No, not forget. But yeah. you know how we were when we got that first stage spot? You want that yeah. feeling again with all the information that and learning and experience you had. Oh, of the, of the 11 years. Dude, but you know, I'll tell you this. I feel like one of the things that we did not do during that time was also protect ourselves. Yeah. Because we thought that giving of ourselves would... Um, either get back that much in return <laughs> or that, you know, it would, that people would appreciate that mm. when it's really not. Uh, like, in fact, like yesterday I was talking to another comic um, and she's a woman mm. and she was just telling me about the experience she had. And it was just a guy who came with like 11 of his friends and she's like, Oh, I went to try out some material. And then this guy was there with 11 of his friends uh, and he just, like he he went on stage he she, and she was hosting he went on stage he did his bit she walks out she gets back on stage after him and the last thing he says is ah to abhi mera to ho gaya abhi you know ye english uh, english bolne walon ko to bolo ke bhaad mein jaye lekin i am such a big guy that i am giving the mic back to her and i was like oh my god that kind of like empty antagonism i mean it's, it's um, not even a male thing it's just cringy cringe it's it's it's, it's 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 a horrible but you know men do it more often let's face yeah, it yeah, yeah i suppose uh, even, so. I mean... like even me at my most aggressive i think was not as bad as some of the shit that dudes telling me like you know fucking tell, commenting on my tits while i'm walking on stage or like calling me a bitch while i'm walking off stage it just it sort of culminates and i think i didn't protect myself at that point i was just it, you let it affect you yeah. uh, and i think the the smarter thing that i've walked into now it's, I don't let, like, you want to talk shit about me, go right ahead, you know. Yeah, yeah. No water off my back. And I don't, I, I don't even think those shows are there anymore. Uh, see, you, you belong to a certain clique, you get access to certain rooms. I think that's what yeah. is upsetting, right? You can't just go to any city and walk on stage at a room where you, you can apply for a spot or request for a spot. No, no get... you know what I love about producers? Like, I think, what, ah, that change in stand-up comedy that now producers think of themselves as like, like, producers were not even remotely comedians. But yeah. have the ego of comedians. Yeah, I yeah, find yeah, yeah. that really funny. Yeah. I'm like, you have a building. Like, that's your... Or like, you like run a room. Yeah. You're not... You know, there's, there's no need for you to be this much of an asshole. Oh. Calm down. I think, I think it just became, you know, too much too soon when it comes to the money being thrown at stand-up. And now it's suddenly dried up. So the few who did make it are now kind of just going with the flow. But I think things will change. Yeah. So anyway, on that note, you know, because I'm going to hopefully uh, start this move back 
to getting on stage soon. But yeah. what's for Aditi Mittal? What's in the pipeline? What can people who love your work expect from you? It, it, not the ones who heard you say Ben Chot, but the rest of them, the rest of one, the rest who are willing to give another chance, Aditi, because you know what? They are the forgiving type, and you know you you can't go around <laughs> doing this. But <laughs> I hope I hope Zoom doesn't alter the sarcastic tone in my voice to an AI sounding. He's just a douchebag, but. <laughs> So what's in store? Uh, listeners, he is a douchebag. He is, yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, what is in store? I am, uh, um, you know, in, in the coming year, I am hopefully going to be uh, going back on tour. I'm in Australia from February. Um, I'm in the UK in March. I am in the US in April of nice. 2024. Um, so I've got that planned. But till then, uh, you know, I have got uh, therapy, mm-hmm. and I've got, uh, um, and I think I'm going to focus. Hey, hey, hey! After this podcast, Sandeep, maybe this is the trigger. I'm going to make a reel every day. Awesome! Looking forward. I'm going to make a reel every day, and it'll be so mediocre. And I'll you just, guys- you know what? I'll cut you sixty or seventy clips from this recording, and you can just put it up. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll collaborate. Jin, please, I would, I would like them to be more mediocre. Okay, thanks. <laughs> hey, thanks. You know, I tried. I tried making your real career real from you, but <laughs> ah, it's really exciting. I'm so glad that you're doing this, and um, thank you. Oh, follow me on all social media. That's what I meant. A D D Y M I T Z Y. Instagram is the only one I'm active on. Lovely. I'll make sure that link is in the description. And Aditi, thanks. It's been really fun chatting with you today. And thanks for taking the time. And uh, you know, we should catch up more and hopefully get on stage soon and do a show together. Hell yeah! Thank you, Sandeep. Have a fab evening. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you liked what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it, and of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again, appreciate it.